Hey, it's Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Redefined Church Podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking part of your day to join us. I hope this message challenges you. I hope that it inspires you. But more importantly, I hope that it helps you grow spiritually. If you want to be a part of what we're doing here at Redefined Church, you can always support us by going to liveredefined.com forward slash give. I hope you enjoy today's message. As we jump into this, I want to talk and reference the book of Acts. Overall, the book of Acts gets pretty complicated, but it's an expression of man's first attempt to carry out the mandate of God without the physical presence of God. <clears throat> and so without God here uh, to steer the disciples, it is essentially the trial, uh, the trial flight of the new apostles as they step into leadership. And what you need to see is this, we're still in that season today. This is still us. We're still in that trial flight without Jesus. We're learning to, to live without him physically here, but, but in us. And so in Acts 1.8, you see that you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so what we know about the apostles is more importantly, they're in a position to bring to fruition what Jesus has spoken, right? And so, so God kind of left it to them. The reality is there's a huge gap between what a leader speaks and what a student hears, right? Or what a student understands. And so um, this is, I could give you 9,000 examples of this, but the best one is probably as if you're a parent and you have a kid, you understand. We say to our kid and we believe that they love and they trust us. But as we say to them, when they don't follow through, you kind of get that right right off the gap, right? Right off the bat. And so the gap between what a leader speaks and a student understands is huge. And what we need to understand is just because something is taught doesn't mean that the lesson is learned. I, I learn this over and over with my kids. They constantly let me know how great of a dad I am or how poor of a dad I am because how many times we teach it, and yet it, it still, it still, we still struggle to get it into not just their forehead, but, but where they believe it. And so there are a couple of types of people, but there are people who do not hear what is said at all. It just kind of comes one in ear and out the other. And then there are people who hear what they want to hear, right? And we all know those people, right? And this is not what I said. And so people don't really get the message all at once. In Acts, the apostles are grappling to see how they have successfully attained an adequate understanding of the word of God they received, right? And so then he's, so Jesus has left, he's ascended. And what they came to realize is they couldn't teach what they didn't understand. They couldn't teach what they didn't understand. And the same is for us. We can't lead what we don't understand. We can't live out what we don't understand, And so after Jesus' ascension, the apostles are now under the direction of the Holy Spirit. The Christ that was with them is now in them. The voice surrounding them, this is important, the voice surrounding them now speaks from inside of them. The problem with the voice inside of us is that um, it's not the only voice that speaks. It's not the only voice that you hear. And so when God speaks from within you, you have to filter it because there are other voices. The voices of your past, the voice of your history, the voice of regret, right? The voice of your traditions, religious or not, the voice of your own opinion, the voice of your ideology. It's all those things. And so it's easy to confuse the voice of God or the, or the, the poke from God with all the other voices. And so the apostles are learning to differentiate what is God and what is them, right? What is God and what is their leading? What is God and what is their personal agenda? And then what is God and what is their religion? And they're trying to balance all this, right? And so understanding God and the difference in those voices is a process that they're consistently fighting with, right? And it's only through their consistent engagement with Jesus that they hear, 
that they understand. And so in the same, it's, it's kind of the same battle, the battle that they fought in, in comprehension, right? And in, in understanding what God would have them to do, who Jesus was. It's the same battle we face today, except we have the internet and all these great social media outlets that um, contend even more with that voice, with, with, with God's spirit, right? The disciples constantly found themselves disagreeing with each other over what they heard, and their disagreements were intense. Any of you guys have been in an intense disagreement, right? I've been in a few of those in the last nine weeks. It's, it's really special. It's a special time. It's just character development, guys. That's all it really is, okay? And that's a joke. So the thing that you need to see is it's not just pastors still debate, but even we as followers are still debating um, Scripture. Is it good to know that um, even those that, that heard from God personally, that heard from Jesus personally, struggle just as much as we do? And so and it's not putting anybody on a pedestal or, or saying, well, they were the disciples. It's um, even, even those who heard directly had different ideas. And so the great news is um, if God were easily understood, then he wouldn't be God, right? If God were easily understood, we could just diagnose it and we could put a check mark on it and call it good. But if God were easily understood, he would not be God. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. And your ways are not my ways. This is the Lord's declaration. For as heaven is higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So then we need to understand that God cannot be understood or explained through intellectualism. If he could be explained, he would not be God. Anything that can be explained can be managed. It's manageable. Oh yeah, that's just that. And we're, we do really good at that as, as human beings. Say, oh yeah, yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah, you just put that right over there. That's where it lives right? And so um, God cannot be explained. Therefore, he must be experienced. He must be revealed. He must be walked out in our lives, and he must be walked out in our circumstances. And what happens when, that, when, when we actually experience, or he's revealed, or we walk it out, little by little, God weans us from the elementary, fundamental dialogues that started us on our way. Because we, we're all babies at one point, right? We're all, we're all somewhere in our maturity with Christ. But somewhere along the way, he weans us off of the elementary fundamental ideologies that start us on our way, and we graduate from faith to faith, step to step, and from glory to glory. And it's all in our understanding of him if, if we're not afraid to let go of what we once held as truth, what we once knew. Well, yeah, that's really good, but this is what I know. And so I'm just going to stick right here. And so that's all, that's all um, with the understanding that you have to be willing to move beyond the truth that you were taught and into the truth that you are to walk. And so we've got to get it from our head to, oh, yes, that's good to you can see it in who I am. God's goal for you and all of us is this right here, is to get to the truth that you're walking with the understanding that moving beyond what you've known into who you are can be very, very difficult. It's super difficult, but it's worth every second because you're growing close to the man or to the God who gives you or is your source of strength, right? So Hebrews 6.1, to back up my last point, says this, therefore, leaving the elementary message about the Messiah, let us go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, our relationship with God is not a what. 
And we've got to get it out of that box and into how we walk. So the past three weeks, let me uh, recap you real quick. The past three weeks, we've been looking at how to approach our relationship with God. We talked about 1 Samuel 16, 7, meaning why we do something is far more important than what we do, right? And we talked about that for two weeks. And so then our approach has to be with a good attitude. It's all with our attitude. And the attitude needs to be right. There are five of those attitudes. We have to be willing, alert, reverent, relaxed, and expectant. We'll cover three of those, three of those today. Last week, we talked about being three parts whole. This is found in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. It says, And the God of peace himself sanctify you wholly, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved, complete, without blame, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Spirit, soul, body. There are two big points here. We, human beings, are the only creation on earth that have a soul, right? Yes, that have a spirit. Sorry, that have a spirit. We're the only, we are that. That's it. Everything else is two parts. We're three parts soul, spirit, right? And the last part is we all have different levels of maturity in those three areas. We're all a little more healthy or less healthy physically, spiritually, and emotionally. And so last week we talked about the pace of our lives and how if we don't punctuate periods of activity with inactivity, we tend to grow separate and we tend to separate those times or those, those spaces in our life. And what happens is we end up moving and pressing forward. And so if you remember this line, it's like this is the goal right here, right? And this is an ever-moving target, by the way. And what happens is when we're not, when we're not in line spiritually, emotionally, and physically, um, our physical bodies just tend to take over, okay? And so we just run, 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 run. Well, what happens at some point our, um, our spiritual life tends to drop off, and this is where we are. And because we don't punctuate means what? To stop. It means stop, right? And so punctuating those times of inactivity means I put a stop mark here to let all this catch up to this. And so we rest and recover. And now then, it doesn't look like this. And I don't think I'm coming back to this board. But now it looks like here, and now we're going to go, and we stop, and we rest, and we recover, and we get renewed and refreshed, so our spirit and our soul and our body stay together, and then we go again, knowing that this is always going to be here. There's always going to be more up. If you remember talking about our potential, our potential is longer than our lifespan, so there's always going to be more, and so the knowing we just need to set a good pace. We just have to set a good pace. And so our biggest struggle, though, with these lines is it's spiritual. It's not something we can do. It's who we have to be, right? And so when we stop doing all this stuff, what happens is it gets very uncomfortable. And so what, what, these, what these dead parts or these, these, these punctuated parts where we're sitting here in, in who we are, they're uncomfortable because most of us are uncomfortable with who we are. I was uncomfortable with who I am. Okay, and to be honest with you today, I'm not just super comfortable with who I am. I have my work in progress, right? We're all in the same boat. And so it's not necessarily saying, well, because I'm 100% comfortable with who I am, I'm going to take a break. Or I'm going to slow down. It is, man, I need to connect with the Father. And so then our concern as human beings um, is this. We figured out how to manage our emotional health and our physical health. It's something we can do. We've read the book. We went to the doctor. We figured it out. I've got it checkmarked up here, right? Spiritual health isn't something we can do. It's, it's something we must be. The good news is the book is the key, right? We have the book. 
And so moving forward, a great way to remember how you're built is you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body, and you're just using that body. And that God's desire for us as human beings, three parts whole, is to be vessels to contain and express him, to be salt and to be light, right? And so when we believe in Jesus Christ, he comes to live in us as our new life. He's in our spirit, so he should be expressed through our entire being, spirit, soul, body. This all begins when we receive him into our spirit and or are born again. So our first step then of discipleship is to connect spiritually, which takes those small increments of time to be. God's desire is that our spirit would become the leading part of our being, not our soul. Too many times we're moved by feelings, right? We just operate by our emotions. Well, I don't feel like it today. Well, neither do I, and neither does anybody else, but we do, right? But we just go. And so <clears throat> when our emotions run the show, it just, it's just, a, it's just a, a way to show that we're undisciplined. I was undisciplined. And the reason we're undisciplined is because we fail to ask the question, how am I doing? How am I? How am I really doing? How am I doing spiritually? How am I doing emotionally? How am I doing physically? And we tend to let that spiritual side kind of fall off the face of the earth. And just like, how, how am I physically? I haven't been to the gym in a while. I should probably go. I've been eating a lot of cookies at night. I should probably cut that out, right? We can answer all those questions. When it comes to how am I doing spiritually, that's what those gaps, those times of inactivity are for. And so... When we live by our spirit, our soul begins to express God's life instead of our own. What does that mean? It means you become more salty. And when we live by our spirit, it becomes easier to be more salty, right? Every moment of every day, we have a choice. and there, there, We're going to go one of two ways, right? We can live by the old, independent life of our soul, or we can live by Christ as the new life in our spirit. We can choose to allow our spirit to be our leading part, Using our will to turn our mind to our spirit, will, sometimes you get a little southern and will sounds like wheel, it's not a wheel, it's a will, okay? Using our will to turn our mind to our spirit and to take God's living word, it's the Bible, living word, allowing our emotions to be awakened and stirred to love God instead of allowing our soul to lead our emotions and choosing to live based off how we feel. And so God's intention in giving us three parts is that our spirit, our soul, and our body will function together to fulfill God's purpose for our lives. So then I have a, f- a family friend here, and uh, she, she has this really good analogy. She says, if you hold out your hands and look at them, just hold, everybody hold your hands out real quick. Nobody has those fingerprints. You're the only one. You're the only one. And God made those fingerprints and he made you for a purpose and he wants you to find that. Not so you can jump in and and do work. It's not to do something, it's to be someone. Life's not about what we do, it's who we're here for. God wants you to find who these hands are here for. You're gonna use them, but our why as human beings is always to get a who to a where. We tell our team this, I just told our team this last week. So my why is to get my family Extended, there are 96 people I put on the list. My why is to get those who's to a, where? Heaven. Heaven. And I believe that God's given me influence with them to do that, right? And so, you have a purpose this morning. We'll talk about that in the next couple weeks. All of that said, a consistent time with God is not a battle with time. 
I should have made this a slide. It's not a battle with time. It's not even a battle of quiet. It's a battle of you. And it's a battle between you and you. This part right here is, is only between you and you. That's it. Nobody else can do this right here. Anybody can do this. If you fell off the face of the earth, somebody else would do what you're doing right now. Somebody would just step in the gap for you. Nobody can do this for you. That's how we connect spiritually. And so then, the battle between you and you is this. It's what your body wants versus how you feel versus what your spirit needs. It's a battle. I still, I, guys, I battle this every day. And more times than not, we let our spirits suffer but it's our source. Remember, when Jesus went away, he got quiet. When he, he, when he got quiet, that was his source of strength. That's how he was able to put up with all the crap, right? It was connecting. It was a daily connection. This is why it's important to punctuate activity with a stop. Punctuate activity with inactivity. The problem is when you slow down, you have technology to keep you engaged today, right? And so then we say, yeah, I'm good. I'm off of work. However, I'm on the couch. I'm disengaged with my family and I'm over here checking Facebook or who cares what it is, right? Or I'm in my emails because I get 6,000 a day. And then my wife says, hey, hey are you, are you, I thought you were, I thought you were uh, relaxing. I thought you were reading. I thought you were doing this, praying or whatever we do because we're just super holy, right? We're not. We're not super holy. And the reality is because my phone or, you know, the one thing that used to really get me was... Um, phone calls. And so everybody would want something and everybody wants something right now. Everybody wants to steal your time. And so that point of inactivity is super, super important. And so again, you have to go from what your body wants, especially when you start to engage with God and, and ignore how you feel because you're never going to feel like it because the devil doesn't want you to feel like it, to be honest with you. The, the enemy wants you to stay comfortable and, and inactive because if you do that, you're not a threat. So the attitudes we're talking today, if you go to your handout, we're talking about being uh, alert, relaxed, and expectant. And so if you look at those, if you look at your handout, and you can mark on this, this is yours to take home. Again, it's not homework. These are just things for you. Listen, you need to dig on this. This is not the way. This is a way, right? It's a game plan, not a blueprint. And so then, what does it mean to be relaxed? It means to be less anxious. It means to ease up and set the tone. Why do I need to be relaxed, Dusty? It's Psalms 46.10. And remember, we, we merged three different versions of this verse together to say this. Be still, stop your striving, let go of your concerns, and know that I am God. Let go of all this vertical stuff and know that I am God. Because your sources of strength, or your source of strength, is right there. It's in those times. And so then, come into your time with God, under control, and with peace. Not like, ah, oh, I know I need to do this, I got to do it. I'm 16 minutes late, so I've got four minutes left. Let's go. And so the steps are this. Intentionally unplug. This is one to 15 minutes a day. Remember, we're all, we're all at different levels of maturity inside of this, right? And so some of you guys are like killing 30 minutes a day. God bless you. That's amazing. That's amazing. And remember the analogy I used for this. If I woke up and I only talked to Heather one minute a day, how good would my relationship with her be? Turrible. Chuck Barkley says turrible, okay? It would be terrible. And so your goal is to get to 15 minutes a day. That would be the first 15. That would be, you know, I'm not saying it's perfect because perfect is a, it's unreachable. But you must be 100% present in that time with God. 
You must be 100% present. And then you need to trust it and lean into it. Have a little faith. Have just a little faith, like the size of a mustard seed, right? And then your next step is to take time to reflect. The best time to reflect and see what God's doing in your life is in these times. And we're going to talk about that next week. Remember, that's Acts 20, 28, which is saying, take heed to the flock and then to yourself. How am I? How am I? I'm going to help you. I'll give you another handout next week. Probably not as thick as this, but we'll talk about what it means to reflect. If you look at it, if you look at the second attitude of being alert, this is rested and ready. Un, again, re, see it again. Unrushed. Why? 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Be alert, stand firm, in faith, full of courage, and strong. Some versions say strong like a man. It must be testosterone. I can't tell you why. Okay, it's just that version. So, be alert, standing firm, in faith, full of courage. I'm alert. I'm awake. Why? Or, or how do I do that? Just shape up. Just remember that you're meeting with your creator, the guy who gave you those fingerprints, and you're meeting with the creator of heaven and earth. Okay? He knows every hair on your head. He's numbered them all. He knows them all. Right? That's who you're meeting with. And so if it's, a, if it's a person of importance, you should probably recognize that and wake up to do it. And so how do I do that? This is how I did it. Okay? Set an appointment. Put it on your calendar. And then set a reminder. And the battle here is beating a feeling. The battle here is beating, I don't feel like it. Because you're going to set it on your calendar and you're going to make it important. But the reality is the alarm's going to go off and you're going to hit snooze. And because you've built that time in, it's going to be easy for you to go, I'll do it later. I'll do it uh, tonight. And you've got to trump the feeling because you're, you're, what you're battling is your flesh, right? I don't want to. And because you feel like you don't want to, this is the biggest hurdle, right? And so how now, once you actually get out of bed, wash your face, Turn on some lights, grab a cup of coffee, and find your location. Your location is 80% of your success. If my location is in the middle of my living room while my kids are running by, my quiet time, this is not going to be a, a straight line, okay? This is not going to be an activity. I'm going to be engaged, I'm going to be interrupted, and I'm not going to be able to hear. Create a plan, be consistent. This is the battle. Consistency is everything, right? Consistency your next step, if, if I'm correct, is consistency completes everything. Day two is, is built on day one, right? So it can't, well, I got, I got, you know, one minute, one day this week. Consistency, that's consistent, man, set it. Don't forget it. Get up, get engaged, and, and engage every day. It's a process for you to see progress. Progress is not your goal of meeting with God. Meeting with God is. God will stir your heart. He will fan the flame. He will guide you in that, in that quiet time. And so all you must do is essentially get up and be ready. And the last thing, this is, the, this is a huge hurdle. Be expectant. This is energized and enthusiastic. And I use this in coaching. Wherever you find enthusiasm, you will find success. If enthusiasm is present, success shortly follows. So then be expectant. And our why was found in Hebrews 11.1 1, and Romans 12.11 and 12. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and being convinced of what we do not see. Be expectant. It's having faith. And then to add on to being alert, it's Romans 12, 11, and 12. Don't burn out. You guys should have these scriptures from last week. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert and cheerfully expectant. Press in and never quit. Be consistent, right? And your steps are this. Read with purpose. Expect contribution. This is where, this is, this is where we can get lost sometimes, right? 
Expect contribution from God, not just consumption for yourself. God wants to tell you something when you sit down and read. He wants to tell you something. Your goal is to learn and grow so you can live out and lead this in your life, to get it from your head to your feet. This is our discipleship process. Learn of who God the Father, Jesus the Son, the Holy Spirit are. Live like spiritual disciplines, right? And then lead it. Take somebody else on the same journey that you're on. Show somebody else what God is showing you. So then, when you do that, what happens is you get, your next step would then be to get from what's in your head to your heart. Not just know it, but believe it. And get from what you believe it to how you can walk it. Get to where you can walk it. So now that we've set your right attitudes and you know kind of the direction of where we're going, I mean, I think I've almost answered I, a man, have answered every question. What God wants to do with this and through this is on, is on you, really. It's, it's being able to punctuate those times of activity. And so now that we've got it in our heart set, we need to ask ourselves those three questions. They're on your handout, and they're essentially this. What am I currently believing for? And I need to identify that. And it's a small beginning, right? So I don't know what you're believing for right now, but if you're, leaving, you're believing for a house on Lakeshore right now and your engagement is like, 30 seconds a day, that's probably pretty big. It's not that God can't do it, but you get what I'm saying, right? And so then, baby steps, baby steps. What are you currently believing for? Test God in that and see if he won't show himself faithful. He will. You have to identify it, though. And it can't change like the wind. It's not a feeling, well, today I need this, or tomorrow I need this. Identify what you're believing for, commit it to prayer, and it'll go. Where am I forcing myself to stretch? Identify that. If you're just in the doldrums of just life and just kind of wake up and it's like Groundhog Day every day, God wants to break you out of that. God wants to break you out of that. I promise he does. And it's not that he doesn't want you living comfortable, but he wants to get you more. Everybody say more. Right? And then where do I need God to work? And the reality is, is if you don't have an answer to any of those questions, you're probably playing God. And this was me. I was, no. What am I believing for? Myself. Okay. Where am I forcing myself to stretch? I'll let you know. Okay, I'll read the book. And then where do I need God to work? I got it. I got it. And the reality was I didn't, okay? And so if you're a note taker, there's a couple things now in your handout. Before we jump into those, the last part of that um, handout, it says, be humble. Be humble. I'm coming, I'm coming into my time with God. I want to come very, very humbly. Remember, this is our creator. Ask God to cleanse your heart and guide you into your time together knowing that you need to be in tune with the author to understand his book. Ask God, God, help me to see you today. Help me to hear you today. Help me to know you more. Help me to see you. Help me to hear you. Help me to know you more. Help me to be more like you today. My prayer on top of that, because of my journey, was God, help me to see myself how you see me today. Help me to love myself how you love me today and help me to be who you've called me to be today. And man, to ask God to help me to love myself how he loves me, that still wrecks my life, right? But isn't that what he wants for you? Yes, yes, it is. And who gets in our way? Us, right? Second thing is request. You're gonna pray briefly. This is Psalms 139, 23 through 24. It says, search me, God, know my heart, test me, and know my concerns. See if there is any offensive way in me, lead me in the everlasting way. That, your humility, 
with that request is going to get you a long ways if it's from your heart, if, if you mean it, if you mean it, right? If you believe it. And so this is where, when, now when we go to reading, you're in that last part of your handout. When we go to reading, this is where your conversation with, with God begins. We're just talking about a reading, a quiet time with God, right? This is you alone with God. It's that period of inactivity. And what you understand is he's going to speak to you through his word, and you're going to speak to him through prayer, and there's going to be an exchange. There's going to be a conversation that takes place. So you need to prepare to listen before you read, during your reading, and after you've read. Be very intentional. I was reading a book. It's called Fresh Air. It's by Chris Hodges. Um, you don't need to read this book. Uh, I read half of it. I didn't even finish it. Uh, I think what the point of me reading the book was for was for the first part. And he said, Chris, is, uh, he lives in Colorado at this time, and he's in his basement, and he's, um, his kids are playing upstairs, and he can, he can hear his kids running like crazy upstairs. And he's sitting down, and he's just, he's just you know, in kind of, he's in a basement, so it's probably a bad environment, right? If your basement's basement, you know. And so he's reading, he says, God, I don't want to be right here. I don't want to be down in the space. I want to be up there. I want to be up there playing with my kids. I want to be seeing my wife. And he said he felt God just say, it's because you don't engage me like you engage with them. You don't engage me like that. Or this time would be just as good as that time. Right? And so be intentional about, about uh, reading the Bible. And, and I'm closing with these points you got to find your place. We talked about that. 80% of your success is your location. I had a buddy in Tulsa. He would sit on his roof. It's always warm in Tulsa, by the way. And so sometimes too warm. And his rooftop was his place. I thought that was nuts, but hey, whatever you like, okay? Wherever your place is, find your place where nobody's going to bother you. Identify your start. So what, Dusty, what do you want me to read? If you like meat and potatoes, you need to start in Proverbs. There's one proverb for every day. And I would say this, you don't have to read the whole day. You don't have to read Proverbs 1. You don't have to read Proverbs 8 today. Read it. Just read it, right? Um, If you are a story person, you like stories, you need to start with Matthew. Okay, that's the first book of the New Testament. That's going to let you know who Jesus is. If you want to know about the church, start in Acts, the book of Acts. You'll see how the church began and where it went from there. And if you just want to know who God is, and you want to know who Jesus is, and you want to see miracles, and just mountain-moving faith, start in the Gospels, which is Matthew. It's the, same. it's the same place. And so start in the Gospels. Number three, do it slowly. Do not be in a hurry. Don't be in a hurry, and don't read too large of an amount. That's probably one of the worst things you can do is come in and come into this time and think that it's a do. Well, I've got to read these six chapters there. I'm not going to stay up with my one-year plan. And it's like, wait a second. God wants to say something to you. So don't... Oh, as fast as you can, you've got to be in the moment. You've got to be in the moment. Repeatedly read a passage over and over until you can picture it in your mind. So that takes three times for me, but I'm disciplined. Like it's, it's taken years for me to get it to three times, but that's what it is for me. Number four, read without stopping. That means do not stop in the middle of a sentence to go off on a doctrinal study, and that, this partners with number five. Although you want to, it's easy to leave that place in Scripture and go off and check something else out. It's really cool, but that's a do. That's a do, and that's a next step, okay? That's a next step. What God wants you to do is rest in it. Just rest in it. Because number five, read for the pure joy of it. Read because you love it. 
Expect and allow God to speak to you. Your mind has to be on the word. If I'm thinking about how I can share this or who I'm sending it to, or and I'm guilty of all these, that's why I'm telling you. If I'm thinking about all those things, I'm not really in it. I'm not resting in it. And I'm not allowing God to speak to me because my mind isn't present. I'm somewhere else, right? And so the, remember your goal here is not to gain information, but to feed on the living word and to get to know God, to get to know Jesus better. And then number six, this is, this is personal to me, number six is, I said don't be afraid, but will you change that to engage? Number six should say engage. Highlight it, think on it, and reread it. I'm going to tell you Oscar's story. Our kids get to read the YouVersion Bible app um, every day. Six out of seven days. And if they want to watch the iPad, we limit our kids' screen time. They only watch one TV show. If you want to know all that stuff, we would love to share it with you. Um, and I'm going to talk about that at some point down the road. Um, I don't know. We've, we have a feeling that we're going to start talking family stuff in November. But um, in uh, January, we got Oscar's very first Bible. So he's had a storybook Bible, and he's had the YouVersion Bible app. But for his birthday, we got him his very first Bible. Okay. And uh, if you'll put it up, Wyatt, you'll see Oscar here. This is him reading his Bible for the very first time. And as, and as he was reading, this is, I think he's reading Proverbs 25 right here. This is the first Saturday after his birthday. And um, he gets super excited Friday night. He goes, Dad, he goes, can I come down? Can I come down and read my Bible with you tomorrow? I said, bro, absolutely. There's nothing, nothing that I would... Want more than that, right? And so he comes down Saturday morning. He gets excited, and um, it's the 25th. Dude opens right up to Proverbs 25, which I was super thrilled with because I thought I was gonna have to, that was going to be an hour explanation, right? He opens up, and so I close my Bible, and I just listen to him read. And as he's reading, I'm explaining these Proverbs to him uh, because some of them are, are a little bit much for a nine-year-old. And um, he gets to the very end, and he goes, hey, Dad, he goes, I would like to highlight I'd like to highlight my Bible like you. Can I highlight my Bible like you? And I said, well, we don't just highlight to highlight. You want to highlight what sticks out to you. Do you believe God said something to you today in any of this? And he goes, yeah, yeah. And I, I don't have it written down. It's like 25, 28 or something. But it says, good news from far away is like uh, water to the thirsty. And I said, why does, why does that stick out to you? And he goes, because when we hear from our friends in Oklahoma, it makes me feel good. And I said, heck yeah, you can underline that. You can highlight that. And here's why I want to tell you that. Why he wants to highlight is because he's seen me do it. I've showed him. I've never told Oscar one time ever, you have to read your Bible. I've never told him to read the Bible ever. Ever. But he comes down and because he sees that I highlight my Bible, he wants to highlight his. And now God can speak to my nine-year-old and he can see it. And he can hear it. And it's relevant to him. And so today I told him, I said, I'm share your story. And Oscar hasn't read with me in two Saturdays because we're, we're going to have a baby every second. And so um, I shared this. This is my proudest moment as a dad because I'm creating a disciple. I'm helping Oscar walk and follow God, right? Let's go back to seven. Read aloud but quietly. This might sound very elementary. It might sound very elementary, but here's what, uh, this is science, right? This improves your concentration. It helps you understand it better. This is why you want to get alone so people don't think you're crazy. 
uh, because you're both seeing and hearing what you're reading. And so you'll comprehend it two times as good. Number eight, read in an orderly manner. You'll understand it better. If you read as it is written, you're going to find that it speaks to you more. And again, that's a lot like jumping around. So read a book or a letter at a time. And then the challenge today is to let it transform your life. To let it be like water to the thirsty, right? Let it be like water to the thirsty. And lastly, um, we're off the handout. And I hope, I hope this does, this sparks some growth for you. I hope this sparks a next step for you. Everyone needs to read the Gospels. And this is, this is how and where you're going to find out who God is and who his son is. But more importantly, it's how you're going to grow spiritually. The Old Testament is a great book, period, or books. It's amazing. But I believe the Old Testament is for us to learn from. The New Testament is for us to live in. Reference the Old Testament. Dig in it. Man, there's phenomenal stories. We're in the Old Testament almost every week in here. But to grow spiritually, we have to know who God is. And when we keep connecting who God is to the Old Testament before his son came, before the cross, we can't, we're seeing 50% of the story. Get into the New Testament and dig and find out who God is and who he's called you to be because this, this is relevant. If you're a note taker, this is the last note. We've become accustomed to the Bible because it's been around forever. And so we're numb to it. And so when you see it, it's became irrelevant. The Bible's become so relevant to the next generation that they don't need it. We've done such a good job at teaching the, teaching the generation below us what's right and wrong that they said, I don't need the Bible. And what we have to do is make the Bible relevant again. And so because we've come numb to it, what we need to understand is the Bible was meant to be bread for daily use. It is not cake for special occasions, and it's not a first aid kit for emergencies. It is bread for daily use. This is, you find this in Matthew 6. Give us, our, give us this day our daily bread. Our daily bread. Our daily bread. So then I'm going to take times to be inactive and to connect to who I am because God's called me to be more than I am right now. God's called you to be more than you are right now. And so 168 hours in a week, right? If I read for one minute a day, it's seven minutes a week. It's nothing. I'm going to give you a schedule next week of how to progress from one minute to 15 minutes. And we're going to really jump into the depth of what an actual like sit down quiet time looks like. And so I do want to say this quiet time is more times than not is like this Christianese word. Like it's, it's like, uh, it's just, yeah, yeah, you do that. You're one of those. And it's not that you sit down and get quiet and read and listen to God. You become a disciple and that's the greatest thing you can be. So if someone wants to bag on the word quiet time or chair time or whatever, Shine it because you're just going to grow in your faith and they're not, okay? You're taking a step and they're not and that's what you need to be doing. And so it starts, it starts very, very small. Sometimes you have 30 seconds. Just get in it. God will do the rest. Will you believe in this enough to let it change your life? To let it transform your life. We talked about it last week, right? To let it transform your life. Will you take one minute? One minute this week. One minute a day. Let's pray. Father, thanks for the opportunity. Lord, that I've had. Thanks for my journey. Lord, thank you for um, taking me on a just a, a crazy ride to get to this place today where I can share these principles and everything behind them. Lord, I, I, you know, I know that I haven't done justice to what you've shown me or, or who you've called me to be or what you've put in me, Lord, but I help 
I ask that you would just help people today to see your heart, to know your heart for them, to know your purpose for them, to know that you have a plan for them, to, to know that, that, that you want them to prosper and succeed and to move forward with abundance and life and energy and favor, Lord, that they can't comprehend. I ask that you would help people to see that today. And it happens, it starts with our engagement when we connect to you spiritually so all the other areas of our life can become healthy. Lord, if there's anybody here who doesn't know you, I just pray that you would help me, Lord, to connect the gap, to bridge the gap, Lord, and help them come home. And so today we're going to pray our believer's prayer. We pray this out loud. Our current believers are going to reaffirm their faith today by praying this loud with boldness. And uh, if, if this is you today, you need to make a decision. You know today's the day. Lord, I've, 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 it's been too long. I've been far away. I used to follow, now I don't, or I once did, but I want to come home either way. Just pray this prayer after me, and we're going to do it together, church. Repeat after me. Father God, thank you for sending your son to take my place, to take my addiction, to take my shame, to take my bad habits, to make me new. Jesus, come into my heart. I trust you, and I know that you will help me follow you. Help me to be like you and help me to follow through in Jesus name. Amen. Well, hey, thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope that it challenged you and that you'll take steps this week to have a greater faith and to go deeper in your relationship with God. If you want to know more about what's happening here at Redefine Church, you can visit us online at liveredefine.com. Follow us on social media at Redefine Church or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.